0: This is come and see from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for August 11th, 2013. The gospel is taken from the book of Luke chapter 12 verses 32 through 40. The message is by Mother Nancy James this morning's gospel lesson starts with words of encouragement and also um Reaffirmation of God's character. It says, "Do not be afraid." Then talks about our relationship with God. We are His little flock, and then goes on to talk about God's character, saying, "For it's your Father's will. He wants you to have the kingdom." We know of his mercy, his grace, his generosity, his faithfulness, his steadfastness, right? But it starts with be not afraid." Isn't it interesting we're always hearing that? And there are things that truly frighten us to terror, but there are other things that we're just afraid of. you know, sort of like spiders you spend your time going. I'm not really afraid. I just hope I never run into one, you know. So there's all kinds of levels of being afraid. And one of the things that you could say about Abraham, you know, we hear about him not just in the Old Testament. We also hear about him in the New Testament, right? Abraham. It's that he was afraid, worried, concerned about what was going to happen. You know, he didn't have an heir, just a slave he'd have to leave everything to. And, and it kept weighing on his mind. He kept, it, it would not leave him alone. This thought almost possessed him, this worry. Okay? Possessed him. That's a good way to say it. But he's talking to God about it all the time. And God finally says to him, you know, go outside, look at the stars, don't worry about it, I got it covered, right? Doesn't he? And he does. You ever had anything in your life like that, that, that worried you, that, that nagged at you, that you'd put it down, it kept coming back and coming back? Have you talked to God about it? You know, you walk around talking to God about it. Every time it pops into your head, you just start talking to God about it. I do that occasionally. I want to tell you about one time they did it. And I found out this morning that little Sarah knows who I'm talking about. Um, Many of you know, Tom is the oldest of five boys. Um, Second to the youngest is Steve. And some of you know him. He comes to all the birthday parties at our house. He's always, he's always there. He plays his guitar. He's the closest thing I know of to modern-day Johnny Appleseed, who's a character he travels around playing, by the way, complete with a pot on his head and his little guitar, and he goes around. Um, or St. Francis of Assisi. Really, he truly, he truly is. And Tom's mom, Catherine, used to always tell us, don't ever give him anything of value or anything you don't want given away because he would always run into someone he considered who needed him more, and he'd, he'd give it away. It didn't matter what it was, set a mixing bowl, a TV set. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd give them give him away. He's the only person I ever know knew who has never met a stranger and could drive from here to Florida or here to California without a road map because he'd just find his his way and it would all work out. And he'd, I mean, it, he's amazing. I love this man dearly. Um, he was my maid of honor at at, at our at our wedding um, when my bridesmaid was. Uh, my girlfriend was in a really awful car accident. I needed a last-minute substitution. He stepped in and said, I'll do it as long as I don't have to wear a dress. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's just wonderful. But no woman in her right mind would want to live that way. And this is a wonderful guy who needed, who needed a woman to love him. And I would go, God... All the kids, all the animals, everybody loves him, but no woman wants to live that way. Help him. Find a wife, please. And I would talk to God about it all the time, all the time. And one day, God interrupted me. You know, I was in the middle of one of my nagging sessions, you know, going on and on and on, doing all the talking, and I literally was interrupted, so I knew it was God. And He said, Don't worry. Heard you, got it, taken care of. I've not only heard you, I've heard other people too in my time. I thought, wow, okay, that was real clear, all right. But being people, being afraid because you want something, you know, every now and then it would creep back in, and I had to really struggle to, to, to not start nagging God again, but to say to God, you gave me a promise, Lord, and I'm standing on that promise, thank you, I thank you that this is going to happen in your time. And the intervals of it coming back to nag at me kind of tapered off. Well, one day a few years ago, we get an email from Steve, and he says, hi, I married Susan, we're going on a camping trip to Canada for honeymoon. See you when we get back. Susan is perfect. I could not have built a better person for him. You know, she's beautiful, kind, compassionate, knowledgeable, God-fearing. I mean, she's just gorgeous, and she works with him side by side. She had two children, so Steve's not only a father now. He's a father-in-law. He's a grandfather, and he loves it. They've got a house, they've got a garden, better than my wildest imagination, not quite all the stars in heaven, but God is faithful and answers prayer. Be not afraid, little flock. He wants you to have the kingdom. Isn't that fabulous? So what comes next then in the in the gospel, oh, wait! first got to tell you, and this is confirmed today in our psalm, okay? Our psalm says, happy is a nation whose God is the Lord. Okay, what's the opposite of being afraid? Happy. God wants us to be happy, not to be afraid. Okay? So the next thing that comes along in our gospel lesson is... Sell your possessions and give alms. Now, this doesn't mean divest yourself of everything that you own and go live in a cave. Okay? It kind of hinges on the word possession. Okay? Webster says possession is the state of having, owning, controlling something. It is visible power over control over something. And the Greek word, going back to the original text and looking at it, is not a a word, possession, but it is a form of the verb to be, to exist. Okay? So, possession... What has visible power over you? Or what is it that you think you have power and control over? Now, we all laugh when Bill Cosby says to his kid, I brought you into this world and I can take you out, okay? That's wrongful possession control. Okay, and control and possession of things, the stuff that we have. We'll start with the tangible, okay, start with tangible things that we have. And let's pick something real passive or that you can agree on. Well, there's a difference between a possession and a tool, right? When you look around and you go, but I have all this stuff, oh, I need my stuff. Tools are things that you can use, right, to make your work better, faster, easier, something more, okay? Which is different from just something you own and have control over, okay? But let's let's Do a mental exercise and we'll talk about hammers. Everybody has a hammer at home, right? Okay, now here's the next question How many hammers do you have? How many hammers do you use? Oh, I see people counting on their fingers. (laughs) Okay, all right. And how many of them do you use? Yeah, and, and different hammers do different jobs. I understand that. That's the nature of a tool but which ones do you use? And if you don't use the others, why do you still have them? Are you afraid of something? Are you afraid that what you have might break and you need a spare? Okay, take that one step farther. Does that mean that you don't think should circumstances change, God would provide for you? Or you would have the means to do a a replacement? And does that mean you need six spares because the one you have is gonna gonna break? Do you see where I'm going with this? Why is it that you have it? What emotional something do you get from it? Do you possess it with the wrongful emphasis of possession? Is Which is something that you are using. Now, ladies, we did hammers. Now we're going to try something a little closer to heart. We're going to talk about purses. (laughs) How many do you have? (laughs) How many do you have? How many do you need? Why do you have those others? you know are you afraid of something do they really meet some sort of need that you do not think that god will provide for you attitudes of possession are avenues to sin Hoarding, pride, envy, selfishness, control issues all stem from this sense, wrongful sense of possession and ownership. How do you tell if possession is a problem for you? Do you justify things, self justify, by saying things like, I deserve it, I earned it? You no. Know? I want it my way? Do you help others self-justify themselves by telling them, well, you deserve it. Oh, you earned it, honey. Right? Right? Are we really uplifting others by doing that? Just think how different things would be if instead we would say, You have been blessed. God has been good to you. What a blessing. Oh, thank God for that. Instead, make a difference. What are you afraid of? God told Abraham, don't be afraid. Jesus told the disciples, don't be afraid. Gabriel told Zachariah, don't be afraid. He told Mary, don't be afraid. We can go through the Bible and find all kinds of instances of the heavenly voice saying, don't be afraid. And yet we really are, aren't we? We're worried. We're fearful. We project into the future. We don't trust. So sell your possessions and give alms means those things that help you sin. Those things that draw you away from God. Get rid of them give them away or turn them into money and give the money away. You don't have to go live in a cave. You can have as many hammers as you want if your attitude is right. I'd like you all to examine the things that you have. Because we got this garage sale coming up. (laughs) And Julie wants all your stuff. No, No. but seriously, why do you have that? And if at times you feel like it is a control issue, talk to God about it. He walked with Abraham. The disciples walked with Jesus. They talked about this stuff because it isn't easy. It's not question and an answer and then it's done. It sounds simple, but it's so hard. Talk to him about it over and over and over again, and he will help you. Let God be the control of your life and nothing else. Don't be afraid, little flock. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to Come and See.